What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Thursday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. We're going to be running through some league stuff today. we got the usual news and notes, a lot of stuff coming out around the CFL. It is that time. We are there with CFL training camps. We are going to run through some stuff coming out of Argo's training camp as well. We were fortunate enough to be let in on the media availability for them. So we have some clips to roll from Argo's media availability. And at the end of the episode, we are going to be getting into some CFL young guys that we think are going to take the step this year in camp and be impact players come August 5th. So as we get rolling here, Wade Man, how's it going? How are you doing today? Doing well. We got a Thursday episode coming up and then it's the weekend. So certainly uh, hoping for some nice weather so that people can go out and enjoy some Sawdust City beer. As always, Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This July, our listeners got our exclusive promo code once more. Use all caps CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be a legal drinking age. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention our friends over at Fox 40 who sponsor the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network. Worldwide leaders in whistle technology giving you items such as the Whistle Gator, Tri-Layer Whistle Mask, and the Electronic Whistle And check out fox40shop.com for all your return-to-play whistle needs. When you do that, at checkout, enter the code CFP15 for 15% off all of those return-to-play whistle needs. Again, that is CFP15 at checkout. Let's get into it, though. News and notes. Some absolutely massive news coming out of Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers will be allowing 100% stadium capacity, but... Here's the catch. You must be fully vaccinated. This brings a smile to my face. We've been saying it. Needles in arms means fans in the stands. This is the fullest extent of that. If you want to be able to go and watch a game in Winnipeg, that's too damn bad if you've chosen not to get a vaccine. I think it's a smart move for pushing forward the campaign on finishing out your vaccination cycle. But it's also a great way to fill up your stadium. More people are going to be more inclined to be in the stands if they know that everyone around them is vaccinated and safe. I'm very excited that Winnipeg has taken this on and been the first team to do it. I am hoping that other teams follow suit. Yeah, for me with this announcement, it's also about keeping the players safe too, right? Like everything that CFL has put in up to this point has you know been and pretty staff. strict and your staff, and the staff. Too. we have stadium staffers that are going to be interacting with these people on a daily basis at the games they need to be taken care of and looked after too no i i totally agree but for me where i'm going with this is if something were to happen if something were to break out it could be because you know places like saskatchewan bc calgary we are going to see and now winnipeg we are going to see full capacity stands This, to me, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers organization saying, okay, if the CFL is very adamant about not having COVID cases, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, is adamant about not having COVID cases within the league, going the extra mile for us means fully fully vaccinated fans 
are the only fans allowed into the venue because it's a preventative measure of COVID-19 spread. If you don't vet for vaccines, God forbid, somebody comes into the stadium, whether you know it's an event staff, family member, a player, family member, coaching family member, whatever, whoever it may be, brings the virus into the stands because they're not a vaccinated member, bang, COVID outbreak within the Winnipeg Blue Bombers organization. This is just another way to limit the spread. And Winnipeg is kind of, you know, going the extra mile or going the extra yard, I should say, in limiting the spread. It's a good idea. It's good to see Winnipeg doing this. And moving into the nation's capital, Mark Cordy, the king, as we will refer to him, as always, making the transition from left tackle to center. This is familiar territory for the starting left tackle as he played some center when he was down at the Jets minicamp a couple years ago. For Mark Cordy, this seals up the question of who's snapping the ball for the Red Blacks, but it now opens the question of uh, who's protecting the blind side of Matt Nichols. So Mark Cordy making the transition to center. Honestly, this could help him boost into the NFL if he's going to take full season reps at center uh, once again. But I'm excited for him to play no matter where it is. He does have a little bit of center experience. You know, we talked about it off air. You mentioned that he has center experience down at Jets camp as well. So not not a familiar or not a position that he's unfamiliar with. And, you know, when he was talking to media, he said it's not difficult. It's just different. It's something that is hard to get used to now. Your head's up. You're making reads. And you got to snap the ball. Quite firmly, one of the hardest positions to play in this game you know, hats off for Mark Cordy for taking on that role in a time of desperation for the Ottawa Red Blacks. And Corey Greenwood, the veteran linebacker, has been kept off the field in training camp so far with a tissue ailment. He hopes, though, to be ready by August 7th. I'm sure he will be. I mean, tissue ailment, it's a bad bruise. It's a deep bruise, more than likely, or, or a pull in some capacity. But Big blow if he's not ready, but I fully expect him to be on the field. It's news because it's Corey Greenwood, right? Like, it's the name that's making news, not necessarily what's happening. And then we'll move into your Elks. Aaron Grimes is back providing veteran leadership and presence to their secondary. Uh, He has been on the Elks for quite some time, and now with guys like Jonathan Rose, Jonathan Mincy, and Jermaine Gabriel, they are looking to be pretty stout. Yeah, back now for his third stint with these Edmonton Elks is a 2015 Grey Cup champ. I like what you said. Jonathan Rose, Mincy, Gabriel, all looking to be part of a big shutdown unit for these Elks. We'll see as the season comes up, though. And moving east one province, the Riders are eyeing Sean Adou at middle linebacker in place of the injured Larry Dean. A lot of position switching going on in Saskatchewan. They lost a lot of talent, like we said on the earlier episode this week. They've also got Calgary Dinos linebacker Micah Tights sliding in at will. And Mike Edom, traditionally a safety, is taking some reps at Sam through Riders Camp as well. Yeah, and those two guys that you mentioned, Micah Tights, Mike Edom, they are younger, but they uh, certainly don't have the pedigree Larry Dean does, so... No matter who they slot in at their linebacker slot or spot, it's going to be a severe drop-off. Larry Dean is such a big loss for them. I, I still feel so bad that he's going to miss this upcoming year. Yeah, one of the guys that they were hoping to slot in at the linebacker position, Dion Lacey, sidelined under the CFL's COVID-19 protocol. Lacey did report and was active in camp 
on Sunday. He showed up one day late. All players arriving to CFL training camps need to quarantine for at least a week. This is a known thing. And they also have to provide three negative tests before they take the field. Head coach Craig Dickinson said that Lacey had to quarantine for another day. He will be back to practice as soon as possible. Um, He also did say that's all he can really say on the situation right now. I mean, what else do you really expect him to say in this situation? Like, it's not an injury. I think at this point, we'll just, we'll see Deion Lacey when we see Deion Lacey. Training camp's a long time. Missing the first couple days isn't going to change much for him. But Andrew Harris will be out two weeks. Harris left early on Monday for an appointment after Tuesday's workout. Coach O'Shea said that Harris would be taking it easy for the next couple of weeks. In quotes, we don't need Andrew to practice right now. We need to get the reps for the young guys who will be going, who are going to be with us in that capacity all year long and evaluate those positions. Meanwhile, Johnny Augustine has been sidelined. So reps going to Brady Oliveira and Kyle Borsa, two young guys all nationals, though, at the running back position for Winnipeg. Exciting to see that the young guys are going to get a shot, but we all know once Andrew Harris comes back, there's no contest. Oh, no, it's it's Andrew Harris's position. He will be there. He will start with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this season as well, come August 5th. Fully expect Harris to be there. It's just, I think this is just Coach O'Shea, you know, being a little bit precautionary with what we've seen out of the camp so far. We did talk about the injuries on Tuesday, so I think uh, Coach O'Shea is just looking at that going, you know what? I know what this guy does. I've had him for the last however many years. I don't need him to be here and get hurt. Sorry, I don't need him to be overly active right now and then get hurt for when I need him in this season. So, you know, just a precautionary thing coming out of Winnipeg, I think, there as well. Some fun news as we round out the news and notes here, or maybe some competitive news. Willie Jefferson with a hot take. He says that not the hot take. not a hot take. Mm, we'll see. Very cold take. This is <laughs> this is very obvious. He says that the Winnipeg pass rush is the best in the league. Coming off 2019, he says coming off 2019 in the film we put out in the Grey Cup. I don't know if there's another defensive end tandem like me and Jackson. He says we are top two, and we're not number two. No, I mean very very clearly, very evidently, it's the best pass rush in the CFL. This is this is quite obvious. It's Willie Jefferson. You automatically have one of the top. Add another couple stud players in. And there you go. Moving on now with some Argos training camp information. We got to speak to Dejan Brissett about his impact as a rookie. So here we go with that. Uh, as we get into your first training camp, kind of a year out and a year after, uh, how did you going down to the States and doing the extra UVA pro day, how did that kind of help prepare you more than some of the other guys that you're competing against right now? Um, I think, I think it helped me physically more than anything. Um, I was able to work out, you know, five days a week, sometimes six. And, you know, I can't speak for what, for what anyone else was doing, but for me, um, it kind of helped me stay on top of my physical part of, you know, being an athlete. Um, and I'd say it definitely benefited me because I stayed in shape the whole time. Like, uh, just having that date, you know, allowed me to stay disciplined in my in my eating habits and my sleeping habits. So, so you know, definitely works my benefit. And another big part of being a receiver uh, is your chemistry with the quarterbacks. And obviously, you haven't had much of a chance to get to know these guys. How has that built throughout the first couple of days of camp? Uh, I think it's been pretty good. Uh, I worked out a couple times with uh, 
with some of the quarterbacks earlier, but um, throughout camp we're figuring it out. Uh, it's not going to be perfect, but I feel like as the days go on, we're kind of, we're starting to learn each other a little bit more. Um, and you know, I think we're right where we need to be, if not ahead of where we need to be right now in camp. So I think it's working out pretty well. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, Dejan. You mentioned uh, lining up beside Jawan Breskison, but that whole wide receiver room is, uh, you know, pretty established. You got a, a good collection of talent in there. You know, how has it been working with them, and, and what have they been doing to kind of help you along as well? It's been amazing. The guys in the receiver room are some of the nicest guys I've met, you know, regardless of the fact that they've been in the league or, or even in the NFL for X amount of years. Like, everyone's looking out for each other. Everyone's helping each other on and off the field. Um, you know, if, if somebody might not know what they have, you know, the guys are looking out for each other, we're communicating, um, and it's really comfortable. You know, I, I don't know, you know, without those guys, I don't know how well um, camp would be going for me right now, but they're making sure that everybody's on the same page, and it's really nice to be a part of that kind of environment. And that was Dejan Brissett. We enjoyed getting to talk to him once again. Hopefully he got a new TheraBand, and that second ever guest on the CFP podcast. Second ever guest. Yeah, and now he was the second overall pick and in his second year in the league, even though he didn't play last year, he's starting to turn heads at training camp. We now go to a true rookie who was drafted this year, and that is Peter Nicastro, the Calgary Dinos product, who is looking to play some center, believe it or not, with the Toronto Argonauts. Where do you, uh, in a perfect world, where do you see yourself lining up here, do you think, eventually, as a veteran? I see myself as a center for sure. You know, okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's the position that they see me at too, and they you know, just working on that. So uh, You've got guys in the locker room like Dylan Giffen, Darren Churchill, guys that you've kind of played against or with at East-West Bowls and whatnot. How have you guys been able to kind of help each other along through the process and kind of develop a relationship as, as camp has gone through? Yeah, they're, they're all good guys, and... You know, we're fortunate enough to have, you know, really good vets in the locker room, too. And uh, that's made it easy to, you know, not just the young guys gel together, but, you know, as a group, we've all gelled together. And, uh, you know, all the young guys, we were all in the same boat, you know, kind of coming in here. But the, the vets have really taken us under the wing and uh, yeah, made, it, made it easier for us. And then coming in as a rookie, I know you don't have much say in the locker room, but you've come off of a winning program and out of a winning program in U Sports. Do you kind of bring that mentality with you, and do you see it coming out when you're in a leadership position such as center? I mean, I try to be more of a more of a quiet guy, but you know, at center you have to uh, you know be a little louder. And um, you know, I'm just here to help the team win uh, win a great cup any way I can. So you know, whether that be you know any position, any role, uh, I'm just here to help the team win. And once again, I'm quite shocked that Nakasho is moving to center. Uh, I think it's a great fit for him, but let's uh, let's now hear from head coach Ryan Dinwiddie on how this rookie class has been faring and adjusting to the CFL, whether they had the extra year or they're coming straight out of U Sports. Yeah, Peter's had it, you know his moments. He's been re- he was really good the first day, and he has to struggle with snaps at center. We feel like he's a guard center type. Uh, we we know he's got a bright future. I had him ranked very high on my draft board, and we were just hoping that he fell to us, and we, we got lucky for, with that. But you know, uh, he's going to have his, his battles. Everything's new for him. Uh, the speed's a lot quicker than the CIS level, but we feel like he's got a high ceiling. He's showing improvement. And, uh, you know, we might need to have him play this year. Uh, sometimes you don't want to play rookies, but I feel like if we play with him, uh, we feel comfortable that he can get it done. All right, Coach. Thanks. Um, 
So we were talking a lot about young guys. Uh, another guy I want to ask you about is Dejan Brissett. How has he been in your eyes so far through camp? Yeah, he had a good day today. He had uh, made a play on a few deep balls. Um, you know, he's still pretty green, um, but he's making plays, he's doing the necessary steps. We've moved him around quite a bit, so we put some pressure on him to learn different schemes. He's been a Y, he's been at C, but I told all our receivers we're going to move around. So he's sharp. Um, he's got to get a little bit of rust off as well. He hasn't played football in a while, but he's taking the necessary steps. He's picking up the offense, and, and today I thought he took a, another step and, um, you know, kind of pushing the other guys uh, for some playing time. Thank you. And uh, just a note on the 2020 rookie class. I know everyone's had the extended leave of absence from football, but uh, have you noticed anything with these guys compared to previous years where they're maybe having a harder time adjusting to the speed of the CFL since they had the year off? Yeah, I think it's, you know, you look at both draft classes are kind of in the same boat. Um, they both haven't played football in a while, right? Um, the other class has been prepared for professional football because we already haven't signed, but it's been, a, it's been a while since those guys played. Um, they're going to be definitely rusty, especially as rookies, but they're going to be extra rust, rusty if they haven't played football and they're rookies. But they're, they're coming along. They're doing what we have. Uh, you're going to have your moments where you're good and bad. But as long as we continue to keep working and continue to get better, I feel like those guys are going to uh, be really good football players and they've been with Argos for a while. And that's all we have from Argos training camp for now. We will be bringing you guys more information, hopefully throughout the training camp. But let's move to our main segment. Impact young guys. These aren't necessarily these aren't necessarily rookies. Uh, this is just guys that are a little bit younger in the league. You know, maybe second to third year at the most. Some guys that we think are going to go into training camp and come out better, making their team better, and assuming more of a role within their organization as well. So on Tuesday we started going west to east. We're going to loop it all the way back. We're going to start where we ended. We're going to go east to west. So, Montreal, Wade, give us your pick for who you think the impact young guy for the Montreal Alouettes is going to be. Cameron Lawson. They spent a high-round draft pick on him. He had that extra year of training and time to learn the playbook. Now he just gets to take his natural, God-given gift to screw up offensive plays and provide some really nice depth and impact play for this defensive line. We know Montreal struggled defensively in 2019. Cam can boost that starting with the run game. And then if he gets a chance in the pass game as well. We know he wreaks havoc there. Yeah, whether it's him getting into the backfield himself or eating those double-triple teams, he's surely going to make a difference. I mean, do I do I really need to, to speak on this one? Just say the name and move on. I think it speaks for itself. It, it's Mark Antoine Ducroix. I don't really need to say much more on this guy. I mean, just go back and listen to almost every other episode we've ever done. Somehow, I find a way to talk about this dude every time the Alouettes come up. My impact player, Mark Antoine Ducroix. You know what I have to say about this guy. Let's go down to Ottawa. So, since I kind of skipped my pick with the Owls, I will. Take the reins here and start it off with the Ottawa Red Blacks. A lot of faces to pick from because a lot of faces are retiring in Ottawa. I'm going to the wide receiver position here, though. With the recent with the recent retiring of Brad Sinopoli and kind of the depleted look at the wide receiver position for the Ottawa Red Blacks, I mean, I know RJ Harris is still there, but really, I mean, if you can name another guy on that roster, I mean, you'd, you'd be stretched too. But my guy that I'm going with here is a national guy, a guy that I think we're going to see a lot in the slot this year, and that's Nate Bahar, 
the Carlton the Carlton Ravens wide receiver. You sorry, know, sorry. Can you can you mention Panda Game Champion? No, we, as well? every time he comes up, we talk about that panda. So no, I'm not going to talk about it. Well, we have inadvertently talked about it enough. So you can you can keep going now. <sighs> I don't I don't want I don't want to talk about it. You can just no never mind. Yes, I'll my, talk about it. Then. No, my guy's <laughs> name. I'm not letting you talk about panda. I'm not doing it. Time out. Cut it off. Give him a technical. No, I meant I'd talk about Nate Bahar and the ability that he has in the slot to work and provide some great blocking as well as he slices through or picks people in the second level of the defense. I think he's got a lot of chance. I know why you've picked him. It's something that we've talked about for weeks now, and it's just this anticipation and buildup for will the Red Blacks give him a chance to succeed. I think there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of pressure surrounding Nate Bahar right now, and I, you know, I think he definitely can handle that well. He certainly did his entire tenure at, at Carleton, so pressure and spotlight is not something that he's not been used to already, but a little bit different here. So I'm excited to see what Nate Bahar does now with the opportunity that we've longed for him to get. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to switch sides of the ball for my pick. Anthony O'Claire. we know they have Antoine Pruno, but how much does he have left in the tank? To me, Anthony O'Claire is ready to go. This is, this is your future. This is why you've grabbed him. This is what he is brought into this league for. Start it early. Maybe, maybe it's midseason. Maybe it's a quarter of the way through the season. Get him going on this path early. Get him these reps so that when you guys build a very competitive team in a couple years or a year from now, you have that spot already filled and you're not worried about, can he take these reps? I like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this was a little bit of a Brady Bledsoe situation where, you know, late in the season, something happens to Bruno. God, like, I mean, God forbid he sustains an injury, but, you know, let's say that's the hypothetical here and Anthony Oclair slots in and the Red Blacks... Never look back. Yeah, it's it's quite a chance that that happens. I mean, it would suck for Antoine Pruneau, but um, sports is a business, and sometimes you're on the wrong end of it. Let's go now to the Argos, who we had the chance of talking to on Tuesday. And, I mean, we both have these two guys. We heard Coach Dinwiddie talk about Coach Nick, or about Peter Nicastro and how, you know, it's looking like he might stay with them this year. Uh, we know Dejan Brissett's going to stay there. Spoiler, uh, Connor and I picked both of those guys as well. Uh, it's no surprise that we went this way. Dejan Brissett's a number two overall pick. He made a great downfield catch on Tuesday's practice. Peter Nicastro has been slotting in at center. They're, they're both primed to make a big impact for the Argos this year. Yeah, both great players. Peter Nicastro, the shock seventh overall pick for the Argos, but they knew they wanted him and they knew that they had their guy at seven. I think because of the ability to play guard and center, I think Mm -hmm. we came away from that media session going, oh, dang, we didn't really realize that Peter Nicasio was being looked at as a center. Um, So I think it's that ability that he was so highly touted and this is why he's going to stick around and be an impactful player for the Argos. Let's go to the other end of that Labor Day classic with the Hamilton Ticats. Connor, who is your young guy? My young guy, he kind of broke out. I mean, he really broke out in 2019 with the team, but he was a rookie in 2019. That is Nikola Kalinic, one of the best young wise in the league right now. Really a do-it-all player across across your offense. He can line up and block. He can inline tight end block. He can play that fullback position. He's got ball skills for days. The Ticats organization absolutely loved him in 2019. He caught a few touchdown passes. 
I think that in 2020 now, or sorry, I think that in 2021 now with the extended off season that we've had, maybe he hasn't been able to get in and work with the program, but he's certainly been doing work himself. I really expect to see Nikola Klinic take that next step and be one of these premier guys in the CFL. Uh, Nikola Klinic is just a freak anywhere you line him up. Another freak, though, I'm going with on the defensive side. That's rookie Nick Cross. I know we I've had a lot of rookies, but these guys are all high-level talents, and there's a good chance that they all contribute on special teams, and that's where I see Nick Cross making his impact felt. The U Sports leading tackler in 2019, he can bring a lot of speed and a lot of versatility into your special teams units, punt, punt return, kickoff, kick return. He can make the blocks. He's strong enough. He's fast enough to chase guys down and get downfield as well. I, I think that he's going to have a big impact for them in kind of like a Mike Miller role in Winnipeg, but this is just a bit different in Hamilton. He's a bit bigger of a guy. Uh, he still brings that speed as well. Yeah, anybody who has any lingering questions about Nick Cross, just go cut his tape on. All your questions will be solved. All your questions will be answered and very quickly because that's how Nick Cross moves and plays. I'm excited to watch him, man. I'm really excited to watch this transition for Nick Cross. But let's take it out of the East, flip it over. Let's go to the West and let's start in Winnipeg. Wade, another rookie here on the board for you. Give me your take on your player. Nick Daly, pass rusher, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm locking it in with Nick Daly. He's a guy that we know can get after the pass rusher. But he's also a great body type to use on special teams, like I talked about with Nick Cross. He provides a lot of strength, a lot of speed for a defensive end as well. He's cut down on his weight and gotten much more elusive and agile. I I think Nick Daly can definitely impact specials in a good way for Winnipeg. Dude, I know you've seen his socials. He is looking lean. Lean and mean. Yeah, he like... I know I said he looks like he dropped weight, but he looks bigger. He just looks way more athletic at the same time. So kudos to him for all the hard work he puts in. We know that he he's a gym junkie. So uh, I'm sure it's going to show out this year for Winnipeg. Loving the headband that he's been rocking as well. I'm going to take my player over the offensive side of the ball. Not like Winnipeg needs any offensive help, but Kenny... Lawler is my pick here. Outstanding 2019 season. His first season in the CFL, a CFL rookie, 637 yards, four touchdowns on the season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Zach Caleros has got to be looking at his wide receiver room and looking at the rest of the CFL and just absolutely chuckling and smiling to himself because he gets to go into one of the uh, one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league one of the best offensive rooms in the league really I mean all the way from his offensive line to his backfield to his wide receivers but Kenny Lawler for me is the guy here everything that he brings to the field or brought to the field in 2019 you can play multiple positions across your wide receiver just gets in space and gets open a 600 yard four touchdown season is nothing to laugh at and I think he's only going to build on that going into 2019 so if you're a CFL fantasy player a little bit of a sleeper information on Kenny Lawler there so my and, guy in Winnipeg. And yes, we did purposely ignore the Hallett brothers because we cannot stop talking about them once we start. Yeah, we talk about them a lot. So they are the honorable mention for the entire league. Both of them, that's it. We're moving on, though, so we don't spend a whole lot of time on it. Saskatchewan, I'm going first here. Braden Lenius, the New Mexico draft pick from last year. 6'5 guy, 230 pounds. 
I mean, if you put him inside of the R, you can have him as your top target, not named Evans or Moore. I mean, if he's going to be in there, you can count on him to crack block and slice and draw that big body across the, uh, across the box. But at the same time, we know that he has the speed to get downfield. So I'm excited to see how Saskatchewan uses the big guy. But I feel like he could be a huge threat for them. I had two slotted in here. I I really wanted to go with Kyra Moore, but I mean, you can't can you, do that. Can you really call Kyra Moore like breakout potential given the year that he had last year? I don't think you can. So I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball here, and I'm going to go with newly acquired defensive back Godfrey Onyeka, the national, the Laurier product. Man, they just go to the league, don't they? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Even if they're not winning in the OUA or having great seasons in the OUA, they're putting great talent in the league. But Godfrey Onyeka, for me, it's what he does outside of the position of DB. He's a great special teams player for the league, which I think is why he's stuck around and, and been with Edmonton for, you know, as long as it's easy enough to get a special teams guy, cut him and replace him the next year. But Godfrey Onyeka just has that, that factor that you can't replace. And now... With all these injuries occurring in Saskatchewan, I mean, many have occurred throughout the course of a CFL season. Many are more, or sorry, more are likely to occur. That's just the nature of playing a contact sport. Guys get injured, guys get banged up. But Godfrey Onyeka, I think that he's going to be asked to take on a little bit of a bigger role than he's used to seeing. And I, I think he's really primed to step up and do serviceable things with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense. I'm not going to call him a starter because they have Eli Buka there and he's very damn good himself. But I think Godfrey Onyeka in certain packages, you can bring him in, put him on the field and you're comfortable with him on the field. All right, moving into the province of Alberta, Connor and I double up on both of the teams. So I'm going to take Edmonton. Connor will take Calgary for the both of us. The Elks, Thomas, Jack Cordiala, the offensive lineman that they selected last year, we know the slew of injuries that they've seen on their offensive line, whether it's due to opt-outs or training camp injuries. They're missing some pieces, and they're looking for guys in-house to fill that. Thomas Jack Curdiala has been the pick from last year's draft that they've been waiting to see on the field with a year under his belt of hard work and learning the system away from the team. I think he can come in either contend for that starting role or be that first guy off the bench leaning more towards the starting role now that we've seen how their training camps go on the first week I'm excited to watch him play and protect Trevor Harris yeah I don't think Edmonton has the luxury of waiting on this guy anymore I think now they're in a play him now type situation given you know all that they've suffered in the season so far we doubled up on the Elks with Thomas Jack Curdiala going to the other team in Alberta here the Calgary Stampeders. Yes, I intentionally called them Alberta's other team. Let the rivalry begin. But they have one player on their roster. Well, they have a bunch of players on their roster that are undeniably talented. But they have one wide receiver, one national wide receiver on their roster that I think people need to start talking about a whole hell of a lot more. Look at Calgary's wide receiver. That's Colton Hunchak, by the way. Let's look at Calgary's wide receiver Eric Rogers, gone. Reggie Bagleton, CFL. Juan Breskison, Argos. Not, I mean, Herjie Mayall is still there. Josh Huff is still there. You heard us talk about this on the, the Tuesday episode. But my guy that is primed and ready to have a breakout season with the Calgary Stampeders is Colton Hunchak. He got it. He had 16 receptions in 2019. 
231 yards. I know. Oh, big stat line, right? But when you do the math on that, that's 14 and a half yards per reception. He was going in with some of the toughest DBs in the CFL, lining up nearly everywhere and doing everything that Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders coaching staff asked him to do and get this. Two months prior to training camp, guess who Colton Hunchak was living with? Bo Levi Mitchell. He was living with the team quarterback, working out with the team quarterback, catching passes all offseason, along with the team's starting quarterback. And in interviews, I don't know if you've noticed, but anybody who talks about the Calgary wide receiver situation right now, Bo Levi Mitchell quickly corrects them if they didn't mention Colton Hunchak. I think Calgary and Calgary's starting quarterback really, really like what they've been seeing out of the young York Lion. I think Colton Hunchak is going to take strides in the CFL this year. Like I am right now being bold, putting my money on it. He might be my biggest breakout player for 2021. A little bromance going on there in the red, white, and black between Bo and Colton. So that'll be interesting to see uh, develop throughout the year. Bromance going on here between me and Colton as well. I freaking love this guy. And on that note, we move to the last team, but certainly not least, the BC Lions. Breakout potential on a young player for me, it's got to be Nathan Rourke. We've talked about Michael Riley and the amount of times he's been hit. If they failed to get a cohesive offensive line unit together or something fluke happens where Mr. Riley goes down, Nathan Rourke, this could be his time to prove that, yeah, you know what? Canadian QBs are here in the CFL. We are ready to go. I, I don't hope that Michael Riley gets hurt because I think he's a fantastic quarterback, but I am hoping like hell that Nathan Rourke finds a way into a game or series of games this year to prove what he's got. Yeah, no knock on, on Michael Riley. I just really want to see Nathan Rourke take some snaps in 2021. How good would that be for the league, for young Canadians watching this league, to look at BC and go, oh, their starting quarterback's Canadian? That means I can do this too? Like, I, I don't know. I Nothing against Michael Riley, like I said, but it's just, I think Canadian fans have been longing for a quarterback from Canada for so long that they can just look to and, and watch and grow up watching. I mean, we haven't we, really we had We thought that. it was Sinopoli. We thought it was Buckley. We thought it was O'Connor. Let's hope it's Rourke. If not... Who knows where we get that? Maybe it's in a couple years down the road. I, I don't know. Nathan Rourke's younger brother is coming up the pipe with Ohio. So we'll see. We'll see. But we got one more guy to get to here. That is my pick for breakout player for it. Or impact, impact young guy for the BC Lions. It's got to be Jordan Williams. They traded up to go get him in a surprising 2020 CFL draft. You know, if you're moving stock like that, Likely going to be a guy that you have high hopes for, high expectations for. Jordan Williams, everything coming out of BC training camp right now. Jordan Williams is rounding out an all-national linebacking unit right now for the BC Lions. So he is taking Team 1 reps. I think Jordan Williams is going to surprise, shock, and make a lot of BC Lions fans happy this summer and fall. Excited to see Excited to see the young kid from East Carolina. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's been a year of mystery on top of his mysterious rise in the 
CFL draft, so it's going to be nice to finally get some answers. But on that note, we have reached the end of the country and the end of this episode. As always, you know where to find us, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, and at CF Perspective on your social media platform of choice. But before you go, don't forget that the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. Check out some of their products like the Tri-Layer Whistle Mask and the Whistle Gator to get you back on the field. And if you're looking for it, 15% off using the code CFP15 at fox40shop.com. So go on over, get your whistles, get your whistle gators. You can even get some merch. They have some pretty cool hats and sweaters. Go on over, check it out, CFP15 at fox40shop.com. And while you've got your laptop open, you may as well climb over to sawdustcitybeer.com to go check out the Sawdust City Brewing Company offering brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Like I said, visit that website, sawdustcitybeer.com, to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This July, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That closes out our episode. You had the breakdown yesterday. You had Wade and I on Tuesday with All Canadian. Marsh with the A block for Monday's episode. Now coming up tomorrow on Friday, you have the Friday house party with Marsh and Mello. Be sure to tune in. Check that one out. It's always a good time. But we will leave you guys until next week. We will catch you next week.